From the Source. I'm Michelle Brenner and I'm your host. From the Source aims to answer the question of what tech jobs are really like, both the good and the boring. Today we're going to hear from Katie Bowman. Katie, can you tell us your current job title and how long you've been there? Sure. Um, I am a developer. I work at Sparkbox, which is a web development agency in Dayton, Ohio. Um, And I have been here for about a year and a half. What does an average day look like for you? So I'm up. uh, Typically, I am working, you know, I I head into the office after getting my kids off to school. um, And uh, just to get right to work, Um, I'm working right now on a large uh, React site uh, with a large e-commerce customer, uh, client, and just building the things that they need us to build. Um, A lot of it involves pairing and and working with other developers, both uh, developers who work at Sparkbox with me and also developers who work directly for their client. Um, That's always a lot of fun and and a lot of learning. And yeah, that's about it. (laughs) It's just developing right now a lot of JavaScript. What do you think are the advantages and disadvantages of working in consulting rather than a regular tech job where you're working on just one product? So I've actually had the opportunity of doing both, which is wonderful. Uh, my first job, I worked for LexisNexis on a product that they own. Um, and I worked there for a little over a year. And that was really wonderful. I had the opportunity to really dive deep. Um, really learn a particular product. Um, and, and that was a wonderful opportunity. Um, doing more consulting work, however, um, even though I don't get to dive as deep into a lot of things, I do still get to dive pretty deep on a lot of projects. And also you get to learn a lot of new technologies and you have an opportunity to work on a lot of different things that in a larger app, um, if I was only working on one thing, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do. Um, You know, for instance, um, as a developer that concentrates a lot on the front end, I do a little bit of back end, but mostly front end. Um, If I was working strictly on a large web app, I might not have the opportunity to work on things like build process um, or, you know, just setting up a node environment and things like that, that that I get to do as a consultant, um, which is, uh, which I enjoy. I I enjoy being able to, to get my hands into different areas of, of web and web development. That's neat that you get to try a bunch of different things. Do you think that since it exposes you to so much, it helps you decide, okay, after this, this is what I want to focus on? Or do you want to continue to work on everything? It certainly does help you focus in. Um, I know for myself in particular, I have learned that you know, I, I enjoy the build process tasks. I enjoy the more JavaScript, the more logic-based things. Um, I don't always enjoy CSS as much, although it's fascinating. <laughs> I do um, I do like learning about it, but it is it, it does get more frustrating for me. But I also, you know, I have friends I was just having a conversation with the other day who, you know, it's, it's the opposite. You know, they really love the opportunities to get work to work on the CSS stuff and and the more design type tasks. Um, And it's nice to be able to have the opportunity and the breadth to be able to do both. Have you had a favorite long-term project? 
probably the project I'm on right now uh, is more of a long-term engagement. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a large React uh, e-commerce app that we're building. Um, and it's been really interesting to not only get to do that deep dive, um, but also do that deep dive as a consultant and not necessarily as, as someone who works directly for that client. Um, just because you, it, it's a different perspective. Uh, you're thinking not only about the code you're writing, but you know how well am I working with these people and, and how am I not only improving their application, but um, you know, working with them to learn from them and then also help them maybe learn how to build things better. So that's a, a really unique opportunity and, and a neat way of working. When you're a consultant, are you just making a prototype or are you creating like a whole project? Then how does it end? Do you hand it off to the client's internal team? Do you provide ma ongoing maintenance? It depends. Um, we do several different types of consulting uh, when we work with our clients. Um, yes, we do build full-out sites end-to-end. -end, you know, when we're done, it's done at least as done as, as development projects ever are. Um, there are... <laughs> they're always open for improvement. Um, there are other times when maybe we go in and we do discovery work where we just talk with the client and, and talk them through how to think about what they want. Um, there are other times when clients will hire us for a specific part of their site. Um, say maybe they're building a specialized um, page or, or doing some analysis. I know we worked um, with sneak at one point to do, um, put together just a visualization of some, um, data that they'd run some analysis on and, and collected some information about. Um, and so we were just building a small, simple page to display that for them. Um, so we do all sorts of different projects and it just depends on the client and what they need. Do you feel like you have to be even more disciplined with your code? that you have to make it cleaner and well-documented because your project might go to another team you never get to have a conversation with? Well, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's a concern for everyone, not necessarily just for someone who's consulting on a project. I mean, you're always going to have new people coming on that um, you're not going to get to talk to or you're not going to get to interact with. Teams get shifted around all the time. People leave. People come on. Um, so, I mean, I think in terms of... of you know, writing clean, clean code that, that works and is well documented. I, I'm not sure that that's more true for consultants than it is for people just working on a large, on a, on a large project. Um, when you're, I mean, when you're working for a client, definitely, um, definitely you want to be clear about what you're doing and be able to communicate with them and, and have that code live on after you're gone and not working on that project anymore. But um, I would say that that's true for everyone. I definitely wish that was true for everyone. Having jumped on project <laughs> without talking to people. Maybe that is a bit of wishful thinking on my part. I mean, it's the ideal process, but things are rarely ideal. Yeah, it is the ideal process. Yeah. What's the most boring but essential part of your job? Running updates on my computer. <laughs> You do want to make sure that things are kept up to date, um, but you never want to click, you know, at, at 10 o'clock on a Monday morning, yes, go ahead and install and, and 
find out that it's going to take you an hour of just sitting there and waiting. Um, but that's, that's probably it. Um, most of the work I do is, is really interesting and I love building things and solving problems. And so even the little things that, that get annoying sometimes are still interesting. Um, but the things where you have to wait, you don't have control, like running updates and stuff like that, that that's probably the most boring, but also very essential um, in terms of maintaining security and, and keeping everything running fine. So, Are you often working on multiple projects at one time or usually one project for a series of like weeks or months? I have done both. More often I am working on one project at a time for weeks or months. Um, but it has happened in the past where I have had a couple of projects at the same time. I would think it would get complicated trying not to mix things up when switching back and forth between environments for each client. Sometimes when we have like a couple of smaller projects in, it does, but you, um, you figure out how to manage it, right? Um, I, so I have a, a past career um, in which that working on multiple projects was relatively common. Um, and so keeping things straight in that regard has never been much of an issue for me, at least in not in development. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing about working on a couple of projects at the same time, though, is that after a certain point, they do start to communicate with each other, right? Um, you start to learn things from one project that you can apply to the other project and vice versa, uh, which is really cool when that happens. You must be learning new things all the time, starting all these projects and having to do such a wide variety of tasks. Absolutely. But that's one of the reasons that I love it. It's one of the reasons I became a developer. Um, I'm never bored. <laughs> There's always something new, always, always something different to learn. What's the most stressful part of your job and how do you manage it? The most stressful part of my job, I think the most stressful part of my job is when things don't work quite the way I want them to. Um, you know, as, as a developer, you often run into tasks where, you know, you think, oh, this is going to be straightforward. I'll have this done in, in a day or two. And, you know, two weeks later, you're still struggling because maybe a data structure isn't quite uh, what you thought it was or, um the data is not coming through in the way that you thought it was, or, um, you know, maybe you got it most of the way done and the person designing the UX decided they wanted to go in a different direction and you had to completely redo it. Or you found out that maybe you were implementing something incorrectly and you have to go back and redo it. Um, that's, that can get pretty frustrating. Um, and I think, a lot of times the way I manage that is to sit back, take a few deep breaths and realize that a lot of that frustration is really coming from my expectations and not so much about actually completing the work. So I'm frustrated not because this is hard or a, I'm frustrated because I feel like it's taking me too long. Um... And maybe it's not. Maybe it's just taking the amount of time that it needs to take. Yeah, a lot of it for me is just sitting back and, and adjusting my expectations um, for, for what the project needs and for what I'm able to produce. Um, also, you know, pairing with someone and asking for help. 
Uh, that helps a lot with frustration because then you can just talk to somebody and, and you realize that maybe your expectations are not their expectations. Um, and that's always, that's always nice. Yeah, it seems to be a common developer problem. I've definitely experienced that where it was like, why did it take so long to solve such a minute problem when other days you're just flying through tasks? Absolutely. Yeah. What skills do you find the most essential on a day-to-day basis? On a day-to-day basis, the skills that I find most essential are my people skills. Um, You know, definitely technical skills are a part of that. Um, But uh, where I work, uh, Sparkbox, the agency where I work, we talk a lot about our core values, um, which are fluency, empathy, and humility. Uh, Fluency definitely is about, you know, you know how to do your job right? So I'm a developer. I am skilled in uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, um, you know, whatever other technical things that I need to be able to do my job. Um, But empathy and humility are equally as important, if not more so, Um, especially as, you know, someone working with clients. Um, You need to be able to relate with people and to empathize with them and, and, you know, come into an interaction ready to learn from them as much as you are there to help them. Um, so, you know, we're coming in as, as, you know, people who can come in and, and help build you a website or help work on your website or web app or, or whatever you're building. Um, but we're coming in not only as, you know, experts and and people who do our jobs very well, but as people who have something to learn um, from our clients as just as much as as we are there to help them. Um, And and those those skills that that perspective uh, goes a long way. Are there any skills that were on your job description or advised to have that you never use at all? Nothing that I was advised to have. Um, I mean, definitely when I was learning, you know, when you're when you're doing all of the you know beginning HTML CSS building website things, everybody wants you to learn uh, Bootstrap and everybody wants you to learn jQuery. I don't use either of those things very often, if at all. For the most part, a, a lot of what I had were the basics, and and that's I use that every day. I personally don't work much with the front end, so can you tell me more about why you don't use Bootstrap and jQuery? Oh, okay. Well, Bootstrap is, um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pattern library. It's a design library. So, um, you know, it's great for if you just need some basic styling for elements that is, um, that looks nice, is accessible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tool that's great for that. Uh, once you get into an environment where you are building custom sites for people, you're probably not going to be using Bootstrap all that much, although you might be. Um, but you know, once, once you get into building more complex and more custom sites, you want a lot more control over the design. You want to be able to develop that design, uh, more yourself, but it's great for starting out, um, and learning some of the basics, um, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's a great tool that I'm glad that it's there. Um, as far as jQuery goes, um, it's another, it's, it's a great tool when you're learning JavaScript. Um, when I, I've taught JavaScript a few times, just like an introduction to JavaScript course. And I, I don't tend to teach it because I feel like it's important that people understand what 
jQuery is doing. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of stuff in JavaScript that jQuery makes makes it easier to do and, and easier to understand how to do it. Um, but it's also, um, it's not as large of a library as it used to be, uh, but there's a lot, m- most of what it does, you can accomplish, if not all, uh, with just regular JavaScript. Um, and that's what we tend to do a lot. Cool. Thanks for the explanation. If someone wanted your job, what's a good path for them to take? I'm not sure that there is one good path. Um, one of the amazing things about where I work is that most of the people that I work with have taken different paths to get there. We do have a few people who um, have computer science degrees, um, who have gone through that whole process, maybe worked um, you know, on, on a large web app or in... Um, you know, in, in our area, we have a, a military base nearby. So defense contracting is a big deal. We have some people that come from that environment. Um, but we also have people who maybe went through a boot camp or um, like myself who learned online, um, came from other careers, from other degree programs. Uh, we have an apprenticeship program uh, where I work, where every year we bring on a few people who are learning how to build websites and they come in and we teach them and some of them end up working for us after their apprenticeship is over um so i think the best thing like if if someone wanted my job um would be to find the way to find a way of learning that works best for you and then get out in the community and connect with other people. Um, I know I've attended a, a few meetups in my area. Um, and that's how I got my job was that I got out and I met people, uh, talked with people, made some friends, um, built some connections. And yeah. Um, but really, a lot of it's just finding the way of of learning that works best for you, and then getting out there and doing it. Are you involved in hiring or training new apprentices? Uh, we all work to the, with the apprentices to some, to some degree. Um, we're all encouraged to have office hours every week uh, where apprentices can get in touch with us uh, if they just want to chat about whatever projects they're working on or what they're learning or if they have questions or problems. Um, I was actually speaking to one this morning. Uh, she had some questions. As far as hiring, um, I've been involved in some interviews, um, not too many. Yeah, but it, yeah, the, the apprenticeship program is very um, is very built into the fabric of what Sparkbox is and does. Um, and so the, it's something that we all participate in to some degree. That's awesome. I often hear more from companies that are only hiring senior level engineers and aren't interested in training. So it's encouraging to hear about programs like that where it's integrated into the whole company. Yeah, it's a really awesome program and I love it. And I, I've i started to see a few more places offering it, uh, which is really neat. A lot of smaller companies I have seen, like, like Sparkbox, um, have been offering some of these apprenticeships. And I think they're really wonderful. When you're hiring for the apprenticeship or considering a promotion to full time, what do you look for? I mean, definitely the the empathy and humility come into play. Absolutely. Um, 
we like to say that that the fluency, empathy, and humility are, you know, those are the basic core values you have to have those to get in the door. Um, so we're looking for someone who um, will work well with our team, will work well with our clients, um, who is always willing to learn. Um, like I said, who who is who who's willing to come at this from an attitude of humility from, yes, I have something to offer you, but I realize that you have something to offer me as well. And then, yeah, I mean, there's some basic technical fluency skills that you have to know, and it depends on the position, um, you know, absolutely for an apprentice. Um, we're looking for someone who is familiar with web technologies um, and who has shown that they, you know, that they're, they're ready and they're willing to get out there and learn and, and take that initiative. Um, but, you know, it, it's a different ask when you're looking for someone who is a, you know, maybe mid to senior level JavaScript developer. Um, you're looking for a different skill set there. Uh, but definitely we are always looking for people with that, that empathy and humility base. Is there anything you wish you knew when you started learning and working in tech? I knew a lot going in. <laughs> so um, my husband is a web developer and has been for the last 15, 20 years. Um, and so I kind of had some adjacent knowledge around how all of it worked and what the processes were. I think part of it is just having the perspective. I know I'm not going to know everything going in. That's not possible. And so part of this is the journey. And, and part of it is is learning different things at different times uh, when you need to know them. And so um, I'm not sure I would say that there's anything I wish I'd known going into it. Um, but I know that there's a lot that I have learned that I didn't know when I went into it. So what's your next step? I, as far as my career goes, I'm happy where I am for right now. I am in a position where I'm learning a lot. Um, I enjoy the people that I work with. I enjoy the projects that I get to work on. Um, and so right now, my next step is just really diving in and learning as much as I can uh, while I'm here. Cool. Is there any specific technology that you're, you've just learned about or just like really excited about and, you know, you're, you're going to dive into that next? In a previous career, I did a lot of data analysis and data collection. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, my my husband does is a lot of data visualization. And I've been very interested to get into that more. Um, you know, I, I have the background in statistics and data analysis and even some data presentation for print. I used to make a lot of charts and maps for print, um, but I haven't done a lot of that for the web. And so I would like to dig in more and, and learn more about doing that for for the web and, and just it programming in general. That sounds like fun, combining both your design and engineering skills. Are there any technical organizations that you enjoy being a part of that you'd like to recommend to our audience? Honestly, most of the local organizations, most of the organizations that I've been involved with have been very local to Dayton. And so maybe what I would recommend is to find those local organizations for yourself. Um, I think having that community um, and having people that you can talk with, that you can relate to is essential. At least it has been for me. So definitely, you know, finding those local organizations, those local communities that that support you and can be a resource for you. If our listeners want to reach out via social media, how can they reach you? Yeah, most often I am on Twitter. Um, and my handle there is K80 
Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Katie. To keep up to date on upcoming episodes or to continue the conversation, please follow us on Twitter at FromSourcePod. If you'd like to share your journey with our audience or have any questions about the podcast, please email me at FromTheSourcePod at gmail.com.